how was your week this week? Uh, it was a good week. I uh, I told you I'm having the back problems because yeah. of my bed. We finally got our new bed. Yay! So I feel, oh my god, it just came out as so. 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 <laughs> I heard it. Did you? <laughs> I think it's the beer, just a little bit. Okay. So you're going right. to uh, talk about what we're drinking here? Um, yeah. So you guys brought the Sapporo beer. Ooh, nice. And the reason for that is because one of our stories has some Japanese theme to it. Nice. Bye, Mama. I'm Yvette. And this is Tipsy, tipsy Tales. <laughs> and as you know, we're already tipsy. We have some nice sake to go along with our Sapporo beer because can't have one without the other. So Exactly. I just want to tell you in preparation for my story today, mm-hmm. I had nightmares. Really? Yeah. I'm intrigued. I've been preparing for it all week by listening to YouTube videos oh, and so different kinds of audio while I'm working. Okay. Yeah. So I was there by myself oh. yesterday before I left work and I kept hearing all kinds of weird noises because I had my headphones in listening to Did it. Did that freak me the fuck? Oh, yeah. I'm not even lying. So I just want you to know that I'm making sacrifices. <laughs> You're all coming out of your office looking side to side. <laughs> oh, my God. How was your week? It was good. I finally got moved into my new office at work and things seem to be going pretty smooth and... Yeah, girl, I've been doing pretty good. I got a nice pergola in my house, so I'm excited yeah, I saw about those that. Pictures. It I looks am, really good. I can't wait to see it. Girl, I am like focused on my house right now, but that's probably the last big project I'm gonna do in like I don't know, twenty years. So <laughs> But whatever, it makes me happy now, so we'll just go with that. Ready, ready? <laughs> I don't know if you're ready. I am ready. But before we start this story, do you have besides being a little bit scared and being totally freaked out, any funnies in regards to your uh, reading research that you you kind of found yourself giggling at yourself because of your reaction to anything well just the listening part really yeah because i'm sitting there and then i hear all these little ambient noises in the office like the copy machine kicking on and my mind starts going crazy (laughs) (laughs) and you'll find out why right now (laughs) all right yeah i'm good whenever you are my dear so i have my sage ready Mm -hmm. For after. You should. Because I'm going to sage my room. I'm going to hide underneath the desk. Okay. Welcome to Alma and Yvette's Tipsy Tales. I'll be (laughs) under the desk doing this podcast. (laughs) We're taking this story to Japan. Okay. As I mentioned, because we have the Sapporo beer. Yay. I'm going to take a little swig. Swig. Well, both. Cheers, my dear. All right. Cheers. So, before we talk about that, let's talk about the haunted history of dolls. Okay. Ooh. Oh, the hell? (laughs) I'm getting under the desk now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know where, like, I got the idea to do this. I think I was watching something on TV. But it made me think of my birthday. Okay. uh, When we went to Hanny's and we went downstairs. (gasps) That that thing plays freaked me the fuck out. If you've never been to Arizona, there's a place uh, called Hanny's. And uh, we went for almost 40th birthday. And apparently somebody thought it would be really cool to on the basement level there's steps leading down and where the elevator used to be there's a whole gang of dolls a whole gaggle of them it was freaking me the fuck out they 
They were creepy. Yeah, they were old. Some it was just no bueno, man. Who would <gasps> think that would be a good idea? Why? I mean, why? Why? That's my. <laughs> so I don't know if I mentioned to you before, but I might have because you know we talk about everything. Right. I hate dolls. Girl, same. When I was younger, I lived um, with my grandmother, and she used to love collecting antiques. So I really have a like what's the word a phobia in regards to certain antiques because I'm, I truly believe that certain spirits can actually be transferred to certain items and I feel like some of the older things when you bring them into your home can cause a lot of spooky shit so right. that being said my grandma had the most freakiest doll and for whatever reason she wanted to put it in the room that I happen to be sleeping on not in the closet not like hanging in a china cabinet she actually hung it from the wall well, kind of from the wall because <laughs> did you just make a face? <laughs> so, as you know, I was poor when I was young, so apparently we couldn't afford closet doors. <laughs> we had this bright orange curtain, and on this one side of the curtain, she had a, a string around this doll's neck, like in a loop, and hung it up with the curtain nail so that way it just sat there looking at me the whole time I went to sleep. Oh, hell no, fucking dogs freak me the fuck out oh hell to the no (laughs) no well my experience with dolls is well let me just tell you this little story of my dad i wanted a doll okay like most girls do at this point i don't know why i wanted a doll because at some point i just got this phobia i used to throw them in my closet and put a chair in front of the closet door so they couldn't come out and get me same (laughs) so anyways I wanted a doll so bad, I saw something on TV. He takes me on a ride, and we go to, like, some Mexican market or something. And he's, I'm like, when are we getting my doll? When are we getting my doll? And we're going, walking around and whatever. And I just remember, like, walking into this store and being so fucking excited because I was going to get my doll. <laughs> and he takes me to this bin. And I kid you fucking not, there's doll parts oh my god <laughs> heads arms legs <laughs> oh my god and he like was like he had this face like he had just achieved something because he was getting his daughter a doll and even better than getting his daughter a doll he was going to help his daughter make a doll. Oh, my God. Was he like Sid in Toy Story? So he just attached different parts to different toys? I was so disappointed. <laughs> and as you know, I have a glass face. And I think I had one when I was five years old. Because <laughs> I can just see it in his face. He's like, what? <laughs> you think I'm rich? Can I can buy you a doll? You have parts. Make the other part out of a pillow. <laughs> you should be lucky. There's girls in Mexico that don't have dolls. They make dolls out of paper bags. <laughs> they like they have pet rocks. <laughs> they just put the little eyes on them. Be happy you get a new parts. Oh my god, I love my dad. <laughs> that won't be the only Fernando Alonso story. I'm sure it won't. And if, I can't wait to hear some of the stories from your dad. But yeah, actually, so, I was a little bit spoiled with my dad before the time I was real poor. My, my dad spoiled the shit out of me, so I before the time it. you were poor, <laughs> yeah, I forgot I was poor. I forgot that you were. If poor. anybody uh, doesn't realize this, that will come up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was real poor. <laughs> Sometimes we have a a, a poor off. 
It's yeah, called a poor off. Yes. Who is more poor? <laughs> Anybody out there that want to uh, email us and say how poor they were and we'll have a poor off, we'll go from there. <laughs> oh my God. Monique, don't I, apply. I was so poor. You win. <laughs> that my dad had a four foot tarp that he would put the hose at the end of and we would take a running leap onto the tarp. <laughs> And before you knew it was over. <laughs> you wanted a homemade slip and slide too, girl. Same, right? I, <laughs> luckily, I was probably like three and a half feet at this time. <laughs> girl, we sat there and got, my Aunt Geneva had more money. Not that she had a lot, but she had more money. So we went to her house, cut up all her hefty bags, put oh them on the, on, the, on the grass, threw a bunch of dishwashing soap and let my cousin Peter go first. He's like, I'm going to slide first. Skrrt. It was it was hysterical. She had a bunch of bubbles in her grass. Her grass died. She was real mad. Okay, you win. <laughs> I don't know if it's a win, but I'm just like, we have garbage bags. Oh, my God. At least you had a tarp on them. Because we were rich. <laughs> We were the rich Mexicans. I remember when we moved into our neighborhood, we were literally the first Mexicans that moved in. Oh. And I kid you not, we had a next door neighbor. He was our landlord and his name was Mr. Wilson. Really? Yeah. Were you Dennis the Menace? We were, all three of us were <laughs> Dennis the Menace. <laughs> he used to tell me, because I used to leave to Sedona like every summer. And he used to tell my dad not to park his truck in the grass. <laughs> I don't want to come back from Sedona and find your truck in the grass. <laughs> your dad's like, all right, all as right. he parks a truck in the grass. For real, he did. <laughs> Remember back in the days when people used to do that? They yeah. used to straight up park in their yard. You're like, but you people have didn't a do that in that neighborhood before we moved in, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, enough about me. All right, now we're getting into some evil Japanese stuff. All right, so back to the history of haunted dolls. Gotcha, I'm in. I just threw this together um, very quickly, so don't uh, quote me on any of this. <laughs> Girl, I feel you. Off of Wikipedia. We're all getting all our stuff secondhandedly, right. so we're, we're not we're, experts. We will right. not like get most stuff right. We get some of it right. <laughs> But not all of it. Sometimes. No, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but our husbands, they should know that we're right all the all time. All the time. Okay. And I say all the time. <laughs> all right. So the earliest documented dolls go back to ancient civilizations. Oh, God. Horror's already like, taking effect. Saki, saki. Saki, saki, saki now. It says, the earliest documented dolls go back to the ancient civilizations of Egypt, Greece, and Rome. The use of dolls as toys has been documented in Greece around 100 AD. Wow. The earliest dolls were made of materials such as clay, stone, wood, bone, ivory, leather, or wax. Dolls have also been found in the graves of children in Rome. So there was sentimental value. Even then, yeah. Even then. Dolls also had spiritual, magical, and ritual value in some cultures. Mm-mm. That's Most where you cultures. Me, girl, because that scared the hell out of me. There was no defined uh, line between spiritual dolls and toys made in toys in many cultures. So, like, they served the same purpose all the way across. In other cultures, they were used for educating children, and they were also carriers of cultural heritage. In other cultures, a doll's magic was seen as too much for children to be allowed to play with. 
This ain't a what toy. kind of doll is that? It has too much magic. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Maybe gods. If it cooked me food and clean my house, I may have a second uh, thought about it, but Mm-mm. I'd be touching my feet. Mm-mm. I'd be like, get the fuck away. <laughs> I'm just I don't know. Can no. you imagine coming home and food being all prepared? Husband thinking it's you. And you're like, yes, honey, I'm going to spend X amount of dollars because I made all the food. Then stick her in a box and lock it so that way she can't kill you in the middle of the night for lying. <laughs> your face right now <laughs> I told you I don't like dolls <laughs> same but still I don't know if they were cooking I Bleeding? hope your story is better than mine so I can wash out the bottoms <laughs> it's not it's so bad <laughs> okay where was I magical dolls the Japanese had a tradition had traditional dolls dating back to the dogu figures from 8000 to 200 BC and there was also the Hanawa funerary figures from 300 to 680. Also the use of the of an effigy to perform a spell on someone is documented in African, Native American and European cultures. There you go. Including the European puppet spelled with a o. Okay. Which is where they got the word puppet. Puppet, I would assume, yeah. And the Nikizi or Bozio of the West African and Central African cultures. All right, so in European folk or witchcraft, the puppet dolls are used to represent a person for casting spells on on certain people. We see this also in voodoo dolls originated and I didn't know this, but voodoo dolls originated in America. Really? Yeah. So it was like a blend of different culture, like the Haitian, the African, but they all meet up here and it turns into something else. So was that more like New Orleans kind of Southern area? I don't know. I didn't like delve more Because I know that they have a lot of like that sort of beliefs more down South, not saying that they don't have anywhere else, but I know that we had a friend named Bridget who um, actually would believe in a lot of that mystical powers and so on and so forth and... And had a little dabbling with like kind of that black magic and stuff like that. So why well, don't black magic? I shouldn't say it's that because I'm just talking on my ass now. But you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like I said, the voodoo dolls um, originated in African American hoodoo. Wow. Did I ever tell you? I'm sorry. I keep on interrupting you. It's did okay. I ever tell you that I one time when me and Sergio were dating and he did not exactly know what he wanted. So we were real young. We we're like 18, 19 years old. And he kind of broke my heart and I was done. I was irritated. I was real mad. So what I did, because I was in beauty school. Lord knows I never followed up on that. But anyway, so I made a paper voodoo doll of him and then hung it on my, <laughs> on my station. <laughs> My beer I think this right <laughs> <laughs> So imagine when I, he surprised me by coming in and getting his haircut, and he's like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "You?" And he's like, what "The hell!" Oh, <laughs> he should have ran, but he should have got up and ran screaming immediately. That should have been a sign of anything. Wow, Girl, I kept that for years. Like I probably got rid of it maybe like only ten years ago. I We've been like together for like so many new things about each other. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> I'm not gonna piss I was like off. I have no words <laughs> that is hilarious I did that one time at a place I was working and I was so pissed off at my boss uh-huh. like as a joke I made a puppet a poppet poppet a voodoo <laughs> doll and stapled it <laughs> Staple it up. Where did you staple it? It up? was a joke. But the girl that was sitting next to my next, 
She was so horrified. <laughs> She's like, what goes on in your head? <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to know. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyways, so. <laughs> We're a pair. Right? <laughs> okay, so just basically every culture throughout time has had their own representation of a doll and their own particular use of, whether educational, spiritual, or simply as a toy. Um, so now, let's go on to my story dun, dun, dun. about haunted dolls. Now I've oh, there's that's a Western. lot of hold on sorry. <laughs> you know what's weird huh. is um, as I was doing this story. Okay. And this is, this is where I was like getting really really creeped out. Um, people tend to sell haunted dolls on eBay. They buy and sell them. And like I watched a few videos of people that have bought dolls or stories about people that have sold dolls. And I was I. I don't know why you'd want to pass that on. What the hell? I, I, you should see the, my face right now. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, for one, okay, I think a couple things because I never trust anybody. I'm very cynical and right. whatnot. But anyways, first of all, I'm thinking to myself, how do you know it's really evil or scared? What would you say it was? Haunted? No. Haunted. Haunt, possessed. Possessed, whatever. How would you know? I mean, your mind is your mind so if somebody says it's a haunted doll buy this for two hundred dollars you're gonna buy this doll it looks kind of freaky you're gonna hear noises and you're not really hearing noises it's your mind playing tricks on you so meanwhile somebody just got two hundred dollars easily from a yard sale item that was no, 50 i saw cents. one that sell, sold for like twenty five two hundred fifty thousand dollars the fuck exactly was it the one that that what that what is the one that annabelle is actually based on no but Book that. I don't want to go to that museum. Don't even ask me, Alma. Okay, okay I'll go. Okay. I, I'm okay. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut right now. <laughs> so haunted dolls okay. have like been depicted in like popular culture, such in the movie Child's Play, mm-hmm. uh, Chucky, and Annabelle. Okay. And Puppet Master, <sighs> which was one of those movies that like totally like messed with my head. Uh, the Boy and Dead Silence. I know you don't watch any of these because you don't like don't. scary movies whatsoever. But we're going to come back to Annabelle. Okay. I just want you to know that right now. Wasn't there another fucking crazy doll? Oh, no. I think that was a puppet. Never mind. Movie? Yeah. The Boy? I know the magic one, but there was another where it was like an evil, it was oh. an evil puppet and it scared the fuck out of me. It was something falls or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, God. I'll remember the name of it. Um, if anybody's out there, you guys can throw it in. Um, just send us email. So Sergio uh, <laughs> Albert, maybe Mark, because he's uh, told me that he has no idea what podcasts are and he won't likely listen, but we'll see. Or our kids. Okay, hopefully our kids. Because I'm going to make them listen. <laughs> At least like us now. <laughs> as, as I'm editing, I'd like to tell you that editing is a very humbling experience. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> because I heard myself say, instead of so, though, <laughs> 10 times on the last episode, and I left a few in, but I was just like horrified. It was like, and I did it again at the beginning of this one. Don't so. be so mad. <laughs> Apparently when I'm drunk, I say though. So. That's okay, girl. We all get what you say. Okay. So this is the story of Okiko. She's a haunted Japanese doll supposedly possessed by the spirit of a 10-year-old girl. The doll was originally purchased 
1918, so about 100 years ago. Okay. By 17-year-old uh, Aikichi Suzuki uh, while he was visiting Sapporo. Ooh. Let's drink to that. Clink. He was visiting for a marine exhibition, I guess. And there is a famous shopping street called Tanuki Koji. And it's there where he finds the doll and he falls in love with it and he thinks his sister's going to love it. So he buys it for her. And his sister's name is Okiku. Okay. The doll is dressed how you might imagine the traditional Japanese kimono. And it's the doll itself is 40 centimeters tall. It has black piercing eyes made of beads, a flesh colored face and jet black hair that is cut in the traditional Okapa style, which is shoulder length. Okay. And then they have the little fringe yeah. in the front. Okay, so Ikuku. Oh, Kuku, I'm sorry, Okiko. Kuku for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Okiku. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher so many things in That's this okay. story. That's okay. So we have, let's do have editing for Um Okiku loved her doll, and apparently she had, she and the doll were inseparable. Unfortunately, the following year, tragedy strikes and young Okiku fell ill with influenza and passes away suddenly. Some sites say that it might have been the Spanish influenza because it was going around around that time frame. When it is time for the funeral, the family meant to include her beloved doll in her coffin, but somehow forgot. So I don't know. You know, things happen when people die. Yeah. I mean, her parents are all distraught. Family's going nuts. She's so young. It probably happened pretty quickly. They didn't expect that outcome. I totally get that. Right. So they end up placing the doll on the household altar and they begin praying every day to commemorate Okiku because she loved this doll so much. Okay. Um, Sometime later, they begin to notice that the doll's hair, which was evenly cut in the beginning, was noticeably longer and uneven. Fucking weird. I know. (laughs) So after several months, the doll's hair grows to its knees. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. Apparently they they cut the hair and it grows back and they cut the hair and it grows back. Girl, that is weird as shit. That would freak me the fuck out. I'm not even lying. 20 years later, they decide that they're going to move off to the mainland for work and they decide to leave the doll behind. But because it's a beloved doll, um, they take it to, okay, the Menenji Temple in the town of, and I know I'm going to jack this up so bad, Iwamizuwa. Hokaro. Ooh, sounds good to me. Oh, good enough. <laughs> I'm not going to say that five times fast. They explain to the priest their belief and tell him how the doll's hair grows, even after being repeatedly cut. Apparently, the Menenji Temple takes in the doll, and after a while, they begin to notice the phenomena. Soon after, the cutting of the doll's hair becomes a ritual at the temple. Oh, wow. Apparently, this doll's been there to this day. You can go to the Menenji Temple oh and God. see this doll. Um, at some point, someone has tests done on the hair and they find out that it's human hair. But don't freak out. Okay. This wasn't out of the ordinary since uh, dolls in those days were known to be made with human, human hair. hair. They're better quality but than our plastic doll hair now. Right. So some people have theorized that the Okiko doll's hair, her the growing of the hair, is the example of a clockwork doll which would mean it has some built-in mechanism that slowly extends the hair over time, and then the hair is rewound to give the appearance of a haircut. This has never been proven. Um, And also another frightening claim is that her mouth is slowly opening, and if you look closely, you might even see her teeth. That is weird as shit. Oh, that gives me the chills. So I'm going to show you a picture. Oh, God. I don't know if I want to see a picture. Oh, my God. That's weirdish. 
Oh, look at her face. That's so So apparently bueno. her hair used to be like up to here. That is weird. I mean, this is a hundred year old doll. Yeah. So I mean, how happening. many? Okay. If they, if, okay. So say what they're saying is right. And it kind of has a mechanism and it slowly grows and shrine? all that other stuff. That is so weird. Um, it, how is it going to grow for a hundred years? I know. It has it, batteries. The batteries going to last a hundred years. If so, where can I get those? But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's, Forget that's energizer. so weird, right? So anyways, not very scary. It's just kind of a strange phenomenon. Um, now on to the scary. Uh-oh. And I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I should get out. The- Let me hold up. Let me I have, have a drink. sage up there if you want to grab it. I have my little rocks over there. That's why I lit my candle in the corner. Okay, I'm going to go with the candle. Okay, we're going to talk about Annabelle. Oh, I hate Annabelle. So do I. And I didn't want to watch it. Yeah? I didn't want to watch it. Apparently, Fernando and Albert went to go watch the movie. Okay. And sometime later, I come in the living room and I had fallen asleep because we were like, I I think we went out (sighs) the night before and we were drinking and I wake up and Annabelle's on. Girl, there's nothing worse than waking up and seeing some shit like that. You're like, what the hell? Because you're like half asleep in like a dreamlike kind of fog. And all of a sudden you see this fucking crazy ass doll running after. No, thank you. Little backstory. Okay. Before I met Albert... I probably watched a couple of scary movies in my whole life. Okay. Mm -hmm. I just didn't watch scary movies. And he made it his mission (laughs) in life. I remember like VHS tapes tapes were the thing. Uh, I'm dating myself. But VHS tapes were the thing. And we would go to Blockbuster and he would buy like stacks. He was like, you're going to watch this movie. You haven't watched this movie. You're going to watch this movie and you're going to watch it now. We would like stay up all night. That was our Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> That's everybody's Netflix and chill. <laughs> so anyways, uh, believe it or not, there's a true story about Annabelle the doll. Okay. She's not just a movie. She doesn't look like the creepy ass doll in the movie. Right. Well, yeah. She was actually just a Raggedy Ann doll. Fucking fuck. Fuck no. <laughs> I can't even get that word so out fast enough. Benign. No. I used to have a Raggedy Ann doll and it was my favorite doll. I don't know what the hell I was thinking because as an older adult, I'm like, no, 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 no. Okay, well, I'm about to fuck up your childhood right now. <laughs> okay, so let us start at the beginning. Okay. We're going back to 1970. Everything bad happens in the 70s. I'm I know. telling you. It's like nobody knew better. It was a little bit of innocence. Like everybody was like playing with Ouija boards. They were like drinking a lot. Families were having like weird key parties. Like shit was weird in the 70s. Well, not only that, but everybody, there wasn't like this vast, you know, at the tip of your fingers to know every little thing about everything. Do you know what I mean? It just seems like people got away with a lot more because it wasn't advertised like it is nowadays right also another weird fact that i came across okay um like all the haunted dolls like the possessed dolls Mm -hmm. like the way they are the stories that you hear like robert the doll and whatever yeah like those are very recent stories there's not really you can't really find any stories that go further than that that are like like these stories like Annabelle. Yeah. It's about 200 years. What happened? Do you think it's because people were more ritualistic back then in the days? 
I have no idea. Because I, I mean, it kind of seems like, and I hate to sound like this, but it, in, into just there's more respect. Yeah, I just feel like maybe not with the world, the way our world is now. I don't think there's very much custom. I don't want to say custom, but just kind of yeah. certain things that kind of passed on from generation to generation to generation that would bring that sort of ritualistic. Um, you know, prayer well, or whatever the case may be. For, like, yeah. Things like that, more respect. And I feel like people don't have that respect. No, like, I agree. I, I mean, because we make movies out of this shit. <laughs> no shit. Anyway. Can you imagine a dog be like, boo, motherfucker? And they're like, aha, let me get this on Instagram. <laughs> Fuck no. Chucky would I be real dog bad. move in front of me. <laughs> Like, that doll would be, like, in a funeral pyre. I would fucking put, like, gasoline all over it and burn that thing to hell. Girl, you're talking about somebody who fucking couldn't even have a scary movie in her house. I stuck it in a bag and left it outside my door because I didn't want evil spirits. Like, a door was going to stop them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Like I said, there's a true story about Annabelle the doll. goes back to 1970. Annabelle was given to a college nursing student named Donna by her mom who found the doll at a hobby store. The activity began slowly, small but noticeable movements like a change in position or like she'd, you'd see her in one room and, well, no, no, no. In the beginning, it's just slow. It's okay. like little changes in position, like her head would move or whatever. And But it wasn't like right in front of them. It was like you saw her one way and then you, you turn around and she's sitting another way. Okay. Which to me is okay. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) But as time passed, the movements became more and more noticeable. Donna and her roommate, Angie, would come home and find the doll in a completely different room from where where they had left her. Does that freak me out? And more often than not. And then Donna would leave the doll on the couch when she left for work and would come home to find her back in her room on the bed with the door closed. She wanted some privacy. I don't know, man. I may need to Xanax after this. <laughs> it gets better. Hold Yay. on, hold on. <laughs> You're like, hold the Xanax. You're you going to need it for a minute. Maybe we should drink some of the sake, but I don't know. Girl, I drank all my sake. <laughs> oh, and I'm the one saying, You're slow. <laughs> the activity then escalated to messages. The girls would find notes on parchment paper, even though they kept no parchment paper in the house. And the notes would say things like, help us, us. Us? What the fuck? I, I always get freaked out when something refers to itself in plural. Oh, oh, God. It makes me think of Legion. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't make me think of anything except what the fuck. And also, help Lou. Who the hell's Lou? You're going to find out. Oh. The handwriting would look like that of a small child. So one night... The girls find the doll moved to the bed with blood drops on its back. So they decide to throw it in the garbage and get rid of it for the rest of their lives. Set it on fire. No, that's wrong. What do they do, dumbass? They decide to call for help. Okay. So they call a medium. And when she gets there, they explain the activity and she tells them that Annabelle was a young girl that resided on the property before the apartments were built. She was only seven years old. When her lifeless body was found in a field where the apartment complex now resides. That's a coincidence as fuck, right? That somebody's going to buy a doll at a hobby store, take it back to the same place where she was found dead? Well, apparently it wasn't haunted before they got it. Uh, this, was, this was what the I medium get was getting to. Like Took me a the, second. The, 
whatever attach itself to the doll. Okay. Oh, blood. Oh God, burn it, burn it. Yeah, you you would think, right? But no, they decide to keep the fucking doll. Why? Because they feel sorry for it. They think it, there's a little girl. And let me just tell you something, like, because I watch these freaking ghost hunter shows and, like, listen to all this stuff. Spirits, like demonic spirits, usually present themselves more often than not as small children. Yeah. Because oh, it, you're killing it, me, girl. It, it gains trust. You're killing me. <laughs> oh, God, I feel like I'm going to throw up a little bit. I'll be by freaking I'm, out. I'm so sorry. You're not even done. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> All right, blood, back, medium, Did you want, go. You want me to turn the light on brighter? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. okay. We're going to need a lot to drink after this. <laughs> we can get through this. Okay. They decide to keep the fucking doll. So activity oh. continues, but now it escalates. And their other roommate, Lou. Wait, who happens, what? Lou, remember? Yeah, she, help, help Lou. Lou. Lou is the fiance of her roommate, of Donna's okay. roommate. Okay, so Lou, he wakes up one night grabbing his chest, doubled over, cut, and bleeding. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> his shirt was stained with blood, and upon opening his shirt... There on his chest is what appeared to be seven distinct claw marks, three vertical, four horizontal, and all of them hot like burns. Luckily for him, they all healed immediately, almost immediately, and they were all almost completely gone by the next day. The hell? Uh-huh. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> on another occasion, he states that when Lou awoke, suddenly from a deep sleep, he found that he could not move like he was in sleep paralysis mode. Oh my god, that freaks me the fuck out. Oh, his, man, but his lying. eyes were wide open and he claims that he saw Annabelle at his feet. <laughs> oh my god. At his feet. I hate Annabelle. <laughs> and he watched as it slowly glided up his leg and over his chest. The doll began strangling him until he blacked out. What the fuck? And you know what he did next? What the when he fuck? woke up he got the doll and he freaking drove it to another town and threw it in a dumpster and said, fuck you, bye, Annabelle. No, he didn't hell? fucking do that. Why not? <laughs> Why? 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 Uh, so anyway, God, that is freaking I mean, me the fuck out. I'm going to have a nightmare me. tonight. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to totally uh, get to have a nightmare sorry. tonight. <laughs> sorry, I think you're sorry at all. <laughs> Let it be known that Lou did not like the doll at all. You, you think? But even before all that happened. So apparently, Annabelle didn't like him either. He had previously warned Donna that it was an evil doll. And how did he know that? You know, who looks at Raggedy Ann and says that's an evil doll? I did when I was older. He must have sensed something. <laughs> not I'm, only I'm that, guessing. but yeah, I mean, gut feeling something. Because, you know, when you're around anything that kind of doesn't make sense and... I know there's a lot of there's a lot of like old paranoia, especially growing up. You know, oh, everybody's you know say they have that what satanic panic and all oh that other God. bullshit. Yeah. So you kind of are like, okay, am I freaking out? But oh, listen to your gut, Lou. Listen to your gut. Well, you know, and listen to the fact that you had claw actual marks. claw marks on your body. Well, that freaks me out when they said they're like parallel. Oh, that freaks I wouldn't even me care out. who that doll belonged to if it was my roommate's nope. doll or whatever. Nope. Like I said, I'd pour gasoline on it and light that bitch on fire. Yeah. So finally, after about a year, 
uh, Donna catches on that the doll just might be possessed by something fucking demonic. She says you know? it took her long enough, right? Uh, After a year. A year. A whole year. I mean. Fuck that. A that day. learning curve. Two and a half seconds. Is a fucking straight line. <laughs> I'm telling you, the hell, a year? Yeah. Who knows all the other things that might have happened in that year? Or maybe it was just like spaced out through the years. So they were like, they had these long um, stretches where nothing happened or something. I don't know. Who knows? Girl, Who knows honestly, what goes through people's In reality, I how many times does it have to take you to no, figure that yeah. out? If something scratches me, fuck that bitch. Right? Claws my husband. No, B. No, I don't care if you're a doll, and I don't care if you're a demon possessed doll. Bitch, my man's my man. <laughs> don't be scratching him. I'm getting a priest. Girl, a priest with a, priest. a can of gasoline Put it into and a match. A trunk in a box and drive it somewhere and then burn the whole car down. Exactly. The whole thing. The whole car. The whole, drive it off of a cliff. There you go. <laughs> Preferably with you not inside. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Like Don't that. forget to get out of the no. car. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, she calls her parish priest for help. And instead of uh, fucking burning that damn doll, like I said, the parish priest decides to call Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. And I know you don't watch scary movies. And do you know who they are? They, I sure don't. Okay. So they're... Very well-known demonologists. Okay. In I don't the like them already. world. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. Lorraine Not my is glass like, of sake. So, okay. Because I know you don't watch these movies. Okay. But there's a, a movie out there called The Conjuring. And then there's The Conjuring 2. <sighs> At the end of The Conjuring, uh, Ed and Lorraine, the movie wasn't about it. Annabelle, but at the end of the movie, they go to this museum that they have. Okay. And there's this eerie close-up of Annabelle. Dude, fuck that. I heard about that museum. You're never getting me to go there. If you're going to be like, we're going to take you on a trip, and all of a sudden you pop up in front of that museum, I'm going to be running. No, running. I would never take you on that trip, I promise you. freak me out. I'd no. be so anxiety ridden. You know, I would just die. seeing those dolls at the bottom of that <laughs> fucking building okay should we have another shot yes ma'am by all means I'm not some sake 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 uh, I, just, I, I like told it. you it's sweet especially with the beer I mean I, like I know it. that sake bombers are a deal I'm just not 20 this is show chikubai what that's what it's called oh I was like what the hell you did I, I probably like butchered that too so yeah anyways <laughs> That's sure the name did, of the sake. But socket. it's good. It's nice. It's sweet. Especially when you're drinking a Sapporo a premium beer. I love Yum. Sapporo. So do I. I'm not going to lie. I like the big old I'm, cans they give you when you're eating sushi. Mm. Mm. We could have a girl time, sushi time. Yeah, we definitely. Up we'll the Uber road. back and forth. <laughs> Where was I? Um, so the Warrens come uh, and they do their thing and they come to the conclusion that it's an inhuman spirit which demon yeah which oh god i'm sorry girl that shit freaks me out i'm so sorry <laughs> i don't think you're sorry at all i think you were sitting there putting your hands together warming up being like i'm just a little bit because I, I know you don't watch scary movies know, at all I and i just want don't. to bring you into the horror of my life <laughs> <laughs> thanks albert <laughs> um so they come to the conclusion that it's an inhuman spirit, which can, as it does in this case, attach itself to a place or an object. And they explain that this 
What? I just burped. Oh, I'm just trying not to forget the microphone. Because we're talking about freaky shit, and then you like go off to the side like you're listening to something. I'm like, like oh my god, I heard something. I'm a, what is it? Oh. What is it? Oh my god, I'm so jumpy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hearing what? i don't know man what is it? it's a perp <laughs> i can't even blame it on the dog because she's not here no more <laughs> don't burp into the microphone because later on when i'm editing this i'm gonna think it was a spirit <laughs> damn i would have told me burp into the microphone now <laughs> You'd be like, what the oh hell? Because you're going to totally forget about that. Oh, God. Don't do it. Don't do it, Yvette. Because I'm going to be like, why vet? Why? Why? Why vet? <laughs> they explain that this is what is occurring with Annabelle. Um, and I'm going to say, take this part with a grain of salt because I read this paragraph several several times and I tried to put it into my own words, but... I don't think I got it right. Okay. Okay. There were several stages to this phenomena, according to the Warrens. Infestation stage. Uh, the doll moving itself around was trying to be noticed, basically. When they finally notice it, it gets the recognition it wants, and then that... No. Whatever, no, 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 it escalates. No, 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 no. And then the next stage is... <laughs> <laughs> Beer. So sorry. We're getting a little gassy. <laughs> <laughs> Yvette needs to burp every so often, so she like moves off to the side. Well, like she's whispering Arizona, to girl, somebody that's hot. not there. I do not like drinking hot beer. Drinking hot beer. <laughs> the Warrens. The Warrens. The steps. So, last the last step. step is complete human possession. That fucking awesome. freaks me out, girl. That awesome. Was, Ugh, that right. causes like my heart to beat a little bit faster. I know just it does me that. too. I'm not gonna lie. Like even just talking about it, all these years later, like after you know, like coming away from a normal church attendee. Yes, these things still like I think I've come a long way. And I'm not gonna say that I don't believe in God or Jesus. I'm just gonna say that right off the bat. I'm more of a spiritual person now. I'm not a church person. Uh, I just want to put that out there. So these things. Still freak me the fuck out. Well, not only that, girl, but we're also Mexican. Yeah. So we're at very the end of the day, we you know, because remember your kid, you'd be like, oh, you're gonna walk somewhere, or you'd be like, oh no, cuckoo, and you, so you grew up being scared at all times. Yeah. So the cuckoo is a boogeyman, Mm-mm. and I thought the cuckoo literally lived under my bed for the longest time. Bro, that freaks me out. I don't know why our parents would do that for. It's like you'd be running like with all the other, you know, running all over the place. You go into something dark. You're like, don't go over there. The cuckoo's over there. And, and you're, you're like, like ah, stop in your stop. <laughs> <laughs> Breeze. No cuckoo for me. Thanks. <laughs> Reverse. <laughs> okay. Anyways. So back to complete human possession. Okay. Oh God. Can you imagine that? You are literally no, a puppet for the demon. No, 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 no. I am not the one. I'm not the one. If they I just sit there and look around the room waiting for a sign. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you all. Oh my god, I'm 
they're gonna have to burn all those papers now because they they're gonna no, have some these, odd, I'm, evil content. I'm, I am. There. I'm gonna set them on fire when we're done and we go join our men out on the patio. There you go. Too bad it's like the middle of summer and like a thousand degrees outside right? in Phoenix. Well, shit, we just leave it outside. It'll just blow up on its own. Right. It's fine. I don't trust it to blow up on its own. No, it'll be like you wake up and it'll be up against your window. <laughs> Because you're evil. (laughs) Karma's a bitch. (laughs) That's what you get for telling me the story, Alma. I tell you. All right. So they also told them if the experience had lasted a few weeks more, um, the spirit would have completely possessed, if not harmed or killed, one or all of the roommates. And this is what Ed and Lorraine say. And take that with a grain of salt because... There's a lot of controversy over whether, like, the things that they did and said were, like... Is it real? Is it a con? Is it there? Yeah. So, naturally, they call for an exorcism, specifically the Episcopal Blessing. What? I know. No, I'm just thinking, oh, my God. Why? Why is people... I mean, I just throw it away. Burn it. Burn it. Why? 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 Burn the roof. The The roof roof is on fire. Yeah. says, okay. So this Episcopal blessing is apparently a seven-page document that's distinctly positive in nature. So they don't completely expel the demon. Why? 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 You know, just get me a good old Catholic exorcism. Pea soup and everything, like, (laughs) spinning head. No. No, thank you. No, thank you. But at least it'll be gone. Girl, really? Is it really gone? I don't know. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't know nothing about this. You know what's more what gone? On burning it to the book. flipping, burning it all down. Yeah, that's gone. Kill it. Kill it with fire. Fire. But the emphasis is on uh, filling the home with the power of positivity. I I read that and I just kind of laugh. Anyways, and of God. What was that noise? That was, was my that foot. My that was my foot. Relax. I'm my okay. foot. Okay. I thought it was I'm shorty trying to get out from underneath under the, the table or the desk. There you go. No, I thought it was shorty. Oh. I thought she farted. It was my foot. I kind of looked at you like, was that you? Like, no. That was my foot. I know if you were drinking beer. Anyways, I one and not the other. Okay. So the exorcism. They do this exorcism. Sisms. And after they're done, the Warrens take the doll. But they sense the malevolence of the spirit on the way home. So guess where they take this doll? God, to the flipping bottom of the ocean? No, they take it home to their... <sighs> of course they do. Their museum, whatever. I'm not going to that museum with you. Yep. Ever, ever. According to the Warrens, the car swerved and it stalled with every corner, causing the power steering and the brakes to fail. Repeatedly, the car verged on collision and they still took it home damn it's like open up the door kick that motherfucker to the curb I mean, and go do you have home. to get hit on the no, head with a hammer i'm saying you know it's like when you're watching a scary movie that you wouldn't know anything about but you're watching a scary movie and you're seeing these people do these things over again you're like why exactly you're like why because are you Hollywood going outside a whole hour movie but <laughs> get a knife <laughs> this is real gun, life hide in a closet and somebody opens a door, kill or shoot them. But don't sit there and be like, I'm going to go outside. Right. No. no. Run, no. bitch, run. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to 
run dainty like with the no. towel like you get out of a shower and you're with your I'm going to run naked <laughs> all the way to the police station <laughs> you'd be like Forrest run Forrest run it's okay girl I'd be right there with you if I didn't fall down so much so you'd be like throwing me behind you <laughs> one time (laughs) (laughs) anyways so um where was i took him to the home they took it home and they had a special case built for the doll immediately so and then they did all kinds of blessings and whatever the warrens believe that annabelle has been responsible for at least one death that is a trip oh so during a video tour of their occult museum in monroe connecticut What's what's going on with Connecticut? There? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff happening in Connecticut. It's it's one of the older states, so. Dude, but a lot of the hauntings happen in Connecticut. They do, it's or just in weird. that general Vicinity? area. Yeah, the. I don't know. Maybe it's a civil war. I don't know, man. That just no thanks. You're like no. Okay. Um, during a video tour um, of this occult museum where the doll was housed in her own specially built case by the Warrens, um, Ed Warren explains that a young man had apparently come to the museum on his motorcycle with his girlfriend for a tour. As Ed was giving the tour, the young man began to mock the doll. And while doing so, he ran up and began tapping on the glass of the case because, you know, he was really smart. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking genius. Oh my god. Why? And I bet you all he was trying to do is really is depress the gal he was with, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not afraid of this. (laughs) Exactly. So he challenged the doll to put his scratches on him like he had done to Lou. Ed kicked the guy out of the museum. Approximately three hours later, the young man died when he lost control of his motorcycle and hit a tree. His girlfriend survived. And the Warrens claim this is the doing of Annabelle. They, or you could have just been drunk, but still. That's just weird as hell. Obviously, he was an idiot, so... <laughs> he didn't even know how to ride a motorcycle you that know, one time, no but yeah. Accounting for... <laughs> not, to be, not to make fun of the dead, I'm just saying, right. but... Damn, that's a struggle. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that is a trip. It totally to freak me out. Cause me nightmares. I'm, I'm not lying. I, if it makes you feel better, I got the sage and I'll burn it. In the All right. Before All right. But what about, and you know, we'll also burn this. All right. Burn it to the ground. It. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like I said before, is that uh, my stories are always so much more sad. So maybe I should go first and we should uh, end with a little bit of lightheartedness and not so much crime. Okay. So next week we'll flip flop. I don't know that this was lighthearted though. It was lighthearted more than what I'm. You just wait. We're okay. gonna we're gonna do okay. this. Okay. Should so I'm gonna go ahead and. <laughs> uh, Let me get my beer. It's Hold super on. sad. I'm super sad. A drink for this. <laughs> <laughs> Went from <laughs> Japan to to damn Annabelle and it's just a lot, man. Where are we going now? We are actually. Um, I'm actually actually kind of hesitated on doing a lot of different things, but I had seen this documentary, and if I remember correctly, and I bear with me because my mind isn't um, sober, um, I watched a documentary, I think it's called Where's Johnny, and it's a story about Johnny Gosh and his kidnapping. I've never heard of this. 
No, it's really on Netflix. Haven't. It's actually a great, great documentary. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. Yeah. So um, I actually watched it and I was completely intrigued. And I, you know, tend to watch a couple different um, like true crime stuff, but sometimes it can be a lot real heavy. Right. Um, but this one kind of got me pretty quickly. So anyway, so Johnny Gosh, um, he's a son of John and Irene Gosh, and they lived in the suburb of West Des Moines. I'm not sure if I'm even saying that right because I'm, I'm from Arizona. So, Des Moines. Um, Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so um, little Johnny um, had asked his parents for a while if he can um, earn some money to buy himself a dirt bike. Because, you know, kids in the 80s and stuff, they like doing dirt bikes and getting out and not being at home on their phones or computers and gaming. But so this is what he did. So his parents were reluctant at first, but at the end of the day, they ended up giving in and saying like, okay, that's fine. You know, what's the harm in a kid, you know, putting in some work to get whatever they want you know right. what I mean so anyway so they did this but their only stipulation was that a parent would be with them at all times okay so he did from and bear with me because all my sources say a little bit of different things so I'm kind of pulling from a bunch of different um, places so I think if I remember correctly they were saying that he had been doing this for about 13 months um, he did get his dirt bike from um, I don't know what source I took that from but he did eventually end up getting that which was you know cool but it, obviously he continued to do to work as a paper boy so for whatever reason on Sunday September 5th 1982 um, he left home with his wagon um, crack of dawn early and his little uh, miniature dachshund um, and went to begin his paper route went to go to um, the drop where they drop off all the papers and all the kids grab them and fold them and all that other greatness so on his way over there um, I guess on his way over there he actually was approached by a gentleman um in a i guess a two-toned um i believe it was a ford car and it stopped and asked him for directions and so the thing is what he told the kids that that were there when he got to the um paper um drop off is that he was actually for some reason that guy spoke his speech was odd and that it kind of freaked him out a little bit um and he didn't have a good vibe in regards to this gentleman so he you know so he he you know the guy had asked him for some directions um he did the best he could then end up going to the paper drop off like i said and so um at that point in time that that from if i remember correctly is that they said that this guy ended up driving towards that paper drop off and um by doing that he let's see he Okay, so I guess um, he went over. He went to grab his papers, and I guess that gentleman either—I'm not sure if I remember correctly—but he either followed him or something to that effect, and that um, he had um, parked his car, stopped his engine, opened the passenger drawer, put his feet out on the pavement, and then he—and then um, he started up his engine when Johnny had packed up all his stuff because, and was like, "This guy's kind of freaking me out. I'm gonna—I'm gonna go home." So gets all his stuff together. Um, the guy starts up his car as soon as he broke away from the group. Um, so what they said is that the details from one of the kids that were there said that when he broke off from the group, that he turned on his light inside the dome light and clicked it back and forth three separate times before getting into his car, closing the door and then taking off. As he, as Johnny pulled away his um, red wagon, he had no idea that he was actually being followed by another guy. Um, looks like he just kind of came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere in between like some houses and some trees, kept his distance, but continued to follow him. 
So I guess um, a neighbor had actually kind of noticed it, but, you know, it probably didn't think too much of it, I'm thinking. So he was followed until he was out of the sight of the others. Then he was snatched by the two men who held him down on the back seat of that (laughs) old Ford Fairmont. Oh, my God. Um, Witnesses saw the car screeching tires as it made its hasty getaway. Um, There's also, um, in some of the reports that I'm seeing, they were also saying that they thought he was actually shot with something, either a taser or something that made him collapse pretty quickly. But this kid was only 12. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know. somebody witnesses? There's a lot of different conflicting things. I know there was a neighbor who... um, who said they witnessed this and then he was trying to remember the license plate for the life of him and I guess he's always had that guilt of not remembering um, that or writing it down and he um, even went through some hypnotists for them, um, some hypnotists to free, to put him under so that way hypnotist? Hypnotist? Okay, so you know what I mean. So you get to do it with the hypnotist to try to get some of those numbers to see if they could open up his mind, and he got a couple. But at the end of the day, that's one of his biggest like regrets is that he just doesn't remember it. Oh my god! And so it's just a very sad story. So after that, he is just gone. There's no evidence. There's no nothing. So uh, um, because he didn't wake up his dad this morning for I don't even like for whatever reason, which I can only think. Twelve year old boy. He's probably like, I'm going to go on my own today because, you know, they're right. at that age and they just want to do that stuff by themselves. So what happens is that Johnny's parents end up getting woken up by neighbors that weren't getting their papers. They're like, where the hell's my paper? You know, so the dad, so the dad's like gets in his car and he's like, I'll be right back. Let me go. He's probably just running late. Let me go ahead and check him out. So he takes off in his car, does the, you know, just a typical round the block and he immediately finds Johnny's wagon full of newspapers two blocks from their home, including, and then also he's find, he finds a dog that's there as well. Oh my God. So they, he races home, tells his wife, call the police. Call the police right now. Johnny's been, he's been kidnapped. The mom actually called the police. Um, it took them 45 minutes to get to her house. They were 10 blocks away. And when they actually get there, they were like almost agitated and and so on and so forth. And when they asked her, when they actually were doing some of the interview and trying to get some information, they asked her, well, you know, does he run away a lot? And she's, and the mom was like, he's never run away before. So they, they, they just didn't have a good taste in the mouth with the way the police were handling stuff um, back in the eighties. And in those days, it wasn't like a big urgency for them to be able to um, like, you know, nowadays, if you report a child missing, they're right. on it right away. We, well, you know, Not always, because Isaiah took off from the house and the cops acted like we were like the devil parents. Really? Like he didn't run away. He was like, I want to say he was like three years old. Oh, my God. He like literally like we lived in a townhouse and he the stairs were right next to the door. OK. And he got up on the third step and unlatched. We had it pretty high up. Unlatched the door. I was in the kitchen. Albert was playing video games upstairs. Uh, Nando's girlfriend was up in one of the rooms. And all of us assumed somebody else was... But well, you're inside, too, so you don't need to have eyes on them at all times. But, yeah, especially if you guys are all doing different things. Oh, my gosh. And he got out of the house. (gasps) So, and then the police were like, there's no way he opened this door. And I'm like, they're like, there's no way he got up here and did this and blah, blah. I'm like, you have kids? You have no idea what these things are yeah. capable of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I, I understand like how unhelpful sometimes that they can like, 
they're just skeptical like yeah and I, and I get that for that time being but right. at the end of the day I mean there's evidence in regards to the fact that he's been taken right. you know it's not like he just got up and left right. he didn't even take his dog right do you know what I mean? So I I hear you on that, but at the same time, I can totally kind of see how the mom must be feeling. During this 45 minutes while the police are taking their sweet-ass time to get there, she starts calling um, Johnny's friends, starts calling um, the neighbors, starts even calling the paper out people who she actually, um, the supervisor, came over to her house, gave her a list of all the other paper boys so that way she could start getting some sort of um, story or if anybody saw anything or anything like that. And so this is how they're, this is how they got some of the information that they actually did is because different kids witnessed different things, including the neighbor who, I guess they had noticed a van uh, parked close by as well. So it was kind of one of those things where um, she kind of had a bunch of information before the police even got there, and then they just kind of blew her off. While the police are blowing her off, she already has search parties going out. And so as one of the search, one of the, a few people from these search parties um, had, had kind of accosted her and be like, I thought you said you wanted our help. And so she was like, I do want your help. And he's like, well, then tell me why the sheriff just got up to where we're at. And I guess we were actually searching at a park somewhere, got up on the table with a bullhorn and said, you guys need to go home. Johnny just ran away and you're wasting your time or something oh, to that effect. My God. So Are she was serious? super upset. And so she just she just didn't even know what to do. She was like, no, I, I still need your help. So she was upset because the police weren't doing anything and they were hindering, hindering her on top of everything else. So then she calls the FBI thinking, OK, look, you know what? They're going to help me. This is what they do. FBI get there drinking their coffee in her house tell her well I'm sorry ma'am but we're not going to be able to help you because the police sheriff already had said that this kid's a runaway and there's no need for us to get involved so can you imagine as a mom it's just it's heartbreaking absolutely awful so she does not I mean she's like she does not take no for an answer she's like Fine, whatever fuck it that's she, why you're like on your own you're all you're your only advocate in this world sometimes yeah especially when it comes to your kids or or anything like that i mean you know of course they don't care it's not their kids right do you know what i mean so i guess at the end of the day um they just they just kind of blew her off so she ended up calling a couple of people and getting recommendations for a personal um a private detective she gets this private detective guy goes out starts going through some of the places where he was at and so the police turn around and arrest him for loitering for anything you know and so i guess she gets really upset and she's she goes straight to the sheriff and says look if you're not going to help me then you better stay out of my way and i don't want to hear that you're you're um busting my pi's balls because they all have their licenses they all have everything that they need the documentation that they need if you're not going to do it, then let me do it and get out of our way. Right. So eventually the sheriff is like, okay, fine, whatever. Because, you know, let's work on them, right? And I'm not bashing police by any means, but it is just a scenario that just came across just absolutely horribly. Um, they just really just dropped the ball on this one. So anyways, um, she, she's looking for him. She never stops, you know, like a mom usually does. And so it looks like 
probably so it looks like there is actually another attempted abduction from a kid from a town that's not too far from them looks like he ended up being no not even attempted i apologize Uh, let me go back up a little bit i guess there's an anonymous call that tipped off noreen of a premeditated kidnapping of another paper boy this ominous prophecy was fulfilled when eugene wade martin went missing from des moines in august um 1984 so a couple years later so they police are like, well, we don't know if this, e- this is even um, the same, you know, if, if this is even connected or anything like that. But either right. way, it's just it's just horrific either way. Mm. Um, so then as the years follow, you know, she continues to, um, you know, she continues with these private investigators. Um, they assist them as much as they can. Um, one is one of the PIs consists of a New York police detective, and then another one is a retired chief from the Los Angeles FBI branch. In 1984, um, Gosha's picture is one of the first few pictures that are actually appear on milk cartons because they hadn't done that in the past. It appeared alongside with Juanita um, Estevez, and then um, and then Eden. Pats, I believe, was the first one that was actually on those milk cartons. So she did, that's one thing she did do. She really was an advocate in regards to changing things. Like, I believe it was because of her, they actually weren't held to the policy of waiting 72 hours before they start looking at your kids. If your kids are missing, then they come and they're supposed to take that serious and deal with that immediately, regardless of, of what they think it's going on. A lot of states adopt this later, but again, it's just one of those things that this, this horrible situation had to happen before things changed. Another thing is that she actually, yeah, she actually did the whole, this whole, she just was a big advocate for, People um, um, just ended up missing kids and so on and so forth, victims' rights, whatever the case may be. What she continued as her PIs kept on looking, what she eventually learned was that Johnny was likely kidnapping for the sole purpose of use in a global pedophile and pornographic oh ring. Oh my God. Yeah, just, yeah I know, That's girl. Even worse. Um, they said he was not killed, but that he was being kept alive and subjected to trauma and torture in satanic sexual nature <sighs> to beat down his self-confidence to make him vulnerable to brainwashing. So what you I heard in an, another podcast is they had like, was it the, um, I want to say, <laughs> I know I'm going to butcher this. It's, it's the, wow, why can't I think of it? MK Ultra. Oh, so they would kind of make do these kind of things to right. make these people these and these kids specifically like zombies to do whatever they wanted, whether it was to be drug mules, to be drug, I mean, uh, sex slaves to, you know, all that other stuff. But yeah, it was that's just kind of what they were learning little by little. So um, a couple years later, um, two men came forward claiming that they knew Johnny Incredibly, one of them claimed to be the driver of the blue car that the neighbor had seen um, in the street that day. Um, however, he, they say he doesn't fit the actual description because they said that the guy that was in that car was more stocky. This was a younger guy, very thin. They said, at least said when they did the interview, but he apparently broke down in tears during this interview um, before Johnny Gosh's mother and apologized and admitted to her that he had helped kidnap her son. He said that he had been also been a victim and was forced to kidnap other boys. The man was a convicted felon um, in jail for molesting a boy by the name of Paul, and his name was Paul Bernard, Bernardi, I think. Not that I think, I just can't spell the name right, but I believe sure it's Bernardi. He is not considered a credible witness by authorities. However, Noreen Gosh believes that his story was part of a pedophile ring 
and was and was once being held on her ranch with her son in Colorado because he gives like a very detailed description in regards to a specific birthmark he had on his chest and just a couple other things that they mentioned him having that they didn't give out to the press so people would actually have some intimate knowledge of of him like they mentioned that he would um, stammer when he would get nervous and this is information this guy is telling um, the mom and so like I said but the police just don't feel like he's a credible witness for this so they just don't believe him and which goes into another story which I actually may do next week is with that pedophile ring that he said he was involved in it looks like it was um Larry King was a was a he was a Republican he was going for a Republican seat he was the all praise of being um elected he owned a small credit union but then I guess somebody kind of gave an anonymous tip in regards to, hey, something's crooked about this credit union. They end up finding out that he's embezzling money. Then then little by little, there's background stories about these sex rings that he's having, which implicate some of the... Oh, wow. I mean, some really? of the... Biz, I mean, FBI, people from the FBI, sheriff, high political people. There was even one story that I um, heard on one of our podcasts, and I apologize because I don't remember it now, but they were actually saying that one of the presidents, they would have these quote-unquote um, after-hour um, White House parties where these kids would actually um, come in through whatever back door, what? hide in closets, and that one of our presidents actually um, would get oral sex um, on two separate occasions and this guy had actually been in the closet waiting for, I'm not sure, his turn. Are you serious? His, yeah. Okay. So it's just. You're definitely going to have to do this. Yeah. Story. It's just. And a, you're going to go first. <laughs> but it's a lot of detail. So when I was kind of going through that, I was trying not to get away from the kidnapping of Johnny. But right. there's just so much behind on that as well. So, but because it was this um, Bernardi guy and there was another girl named Alicia who came forward and were telling details about their rape, their, um, you know, sexual abuse. Um, I guess this guy Larry um, also had um, affiliations with Boys Town, which they would take, um, you know, just some of the underprivileged youth to like some Boys of Boys Town, USA, like that. Like I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about maybe, probably, but I guess they they would use some of they would take some of the boys from under those underprivileged um, communities and take them over there to help them camp, whatever the case may be. And again, I bear, I apologize because I don't know too much them. about it. Yeah. And so what they would do is, yeah, they would literally, instead of taking them there, they would take them to these other places for, um, for this big pedophile ring. Just filled with like sickos. Yeah. I was, like I said, there's, if you get a chance, watch the documentary. Cause it is, it is, it was really, is it really good. Again? I think it's called where's Johnny. Okay. I'm definitely, um, but it's that. on Netflix. So you got to go definitely watch it. So Noreen and her husband at this point has divorced because you know, any kind of strain like that on any sort of couple has to be right. awful. So Just the normal everyday stuff is enough sometimes, but that that's, yeah. yeah I can't I even mean, imagine. Yeah, how much stress that was on their marriage, and especially if she just was, you know, and as a mom, you you just can't come to that conclusion, and you're not ready to come to that conclusion that your boy's gone, or whatever the case may be, until it's right. actually, you have some sort of closure, I right. guess. So, I guess when um, this Paul Bernardi actually um, was telling Noreen, which is the mom, all these stories in regards to um, her son she actually believed him wholeheartedly she was in the father unfortunately uh, stated that his his belief was less than half of the information that he provided 
and that he thought a lot of it was lies and it's possible that Noreen simply just wanted to believe to hold on to the idea that her son was still alive and that he could be recovered. The biggest thing about this, which I don't know how Noreen even did it, but I guess when they were talking about um, them kidnapping Johnny, is that um, one of his first things was to, I guess, initiate him or whatever the case may be, or to make him do some unlawful act as they made him rape Johnny. So it was just kind of like, how could you... I mean, him saying that and crying and apologizing for forgiveness... But he he's saying this is what he did to your son. How do you ever forgive that? But then are you so needy for for some sort of information? You know what I mean? It puts right. you in a just a precarious situation. So I don't know. I'm just like this like I said, the story is just I just ugh. So anyways, um to continue, it looks like at some point in time during this time, um somebody had actually found a it's a belief, I'm sorry. The newspaper report in the Chicago Tribune in 1985 talks about a $1 bill with the words, I am alive, Johnny Gosh, with his signature, Johnny Gosh. Looks like they took it to a handwriting specialist that positively matched that being his signature. Um, they're also saying that Johnny's mother also received phone calls from, and according to her, her son asking for help, but they were always unable to trace the origins of the call. So the only person they had to go was with her word. And they just didn't find it. They could just couldn't find enough information or prove that he was actually doing that. But she never did give up search for her son. Um, she continu- continued to give regular press releases, made public appearance, engaged in activism on behalf of missing children. Through her efforts, Johnny and other kidnapped victims became the first abducted children to have their pictures placed on milk cartons, like I said earlier, in hopes that somebody would come forward with information on their whereabouts. Many leads came over the year, but none that led to her to her son directly. So fast forward 1997, early one morning, about 2 a.m., um, not long after she had made a, a tele- television appearance, a uh, special message for Johnny um, saying that, hey, I moved, I no longer live at that house, but if you're still out there, because, you know, she still believed that she he was alive, mm-hmm. the, you know, I come find me. Somebody knocks, so she wakes up to at like 2 a.m. Um, on the morning, um, early morning, 1997, um, somebody knocking on her door. And so she goes out there and she's like, hello? And she's like, who is it? And she says she saw two young men and a voice answered, mom, it's me, Johnny. Um, can I come in? She says she immediately opened the door and instantly knew that this was a son she hadn't seen for 15 oh years. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yeah, that's when I saw this on the um, documentary. I was like, "Holy smokes!" I, I was, I was. Okay, I have to watch this now. Definitely, Definitely for sure. Yeah, so she immediately opens the door. Um, She hasn't seen him in fifteen years, um, but their meeting was short lived because he he hadn't come home to stay. He came to ask his mother for help. He gave her a brief account of the last few years. The pieces of the puzzle began to come into place as Noreen finally confirmed what she'd known all along. He was very nervous during the reunion and declared he was still in great danger and needed his mother to help bring his abductors to justice so that he wouldn't have to live in fear for the rest of his life. 
Johnny stayed with Noreen for only a few hours, then left before daylight, disappearing into the night to leave his mother with nothing but the secret memory of his visitation. Yeah, so he had actually from and again I from different sources and different by a ghost, no doubt, right? I mean, I I mean, your heart's broken, but you're happy and you're. But he, you know, like I said, in regards to that conversation, she had mentioned that she wanted to help him. She didn't tell anybody about this visit, by the way. So a lot of people were like, okay, did he really visit her? Is she making stuff up? And she, when asked, well, why didn't you bring this up earlier? She's like, well, because my son asked me not to. I didn't want anything that I say to come to his murder. And then that would be so much worse. Right. But um, I guess she wanted to help him. And he was like, like, you can't. You can't help me. Just know that I'm not under those predators. Um, there's there's a lot of unlawful things that they made me do. So I will never be able to come out like you want me to. Take that for what it is. Do you know what I mean? You can use your imagination to think of what they made him do That was the one not. and only time she ever saw him That's again. That's the one and only time she's never mentioned him, seeing him ever again from that moment on. That is so heartbreaking. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, I know believe me i i totally yeah that when i actually saw this originally um and i saw that i was like what the hell i i just i was just floored it was just captivating <gasps> there goes the sake <laughs> and i'm okay, super we sad needed that moment of levity because <laughs> it was a little bit too i was serious. ready to start crying i know I, uh, I know, especially because we have kids. It just ugh. so in anyways, the case of him missing. I'm sorry about your okay. part, but <laughs> um, so I guess they said that the the case generated national interest as Noreen Gosh became increasingly vocal about the inadequacy of the law enforcer's investigations of mid- of missing children's cases. She established the Johnny Gosh Foundation in 1982, in which she visited schools. And did and spoke at seminars about the um, about sexual predators. She lobbied for the Johnny Gosh bill. State legislation would make it would mandate an immediate police response to report of missing children's children. Um, the bill became law in Iowa in 1994, and like I had mentioned before, it it eventually got passed in several different states. Um, in 1984, she testified in the Senate hearings on organized crime, speaking about organized pedophilia and it was a, and its alleged role in her son's abduction. She began receiving death threats. Um, Gosh also testified before U.S. Department of Justice, which provided $10 million to establish the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. Gosh was invited to the White House by President Ronald Reagan for the dedication ceremony. Now, the biggest thing, too, is that she actually, with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, she actually um, joined with John Walsh in oh. order to be able to to form those organizations as well. So she's kind of been that advocate to push and not to keep this swept underneath the rug. But there are just so many. She had mentioned in that show that I had watched that there it, that sex ring has been around forever. And there was even, and you got to take all this kind of, with a grain of salt just because there's so many different theories um there's so many different speculations um one even said that he was actually being looked at and being shown pictures um weeks before he was actually even abducted almost shopping around to his the ring of pedophilia that were there and so um but yeah that's unfortunately the kidnapping of johnny gosh you wonder do you think he's alive out there somewhere now you know what? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things where how do you feel? You know, he's the victim. He's 
he's the victim, period. But at the end of the day, he also probably victimized under his right. current circumstances. So you don't know if it's somebody. And But the problem is that there's a lot of hoaxes out there, too. Like there was even an incident where they actually sent her like a picture of three bound boys. And she swore that one of them was her Johnny. Turns out it was a cruel hoax. Um, it was a picture sent to her, but it was about oh, these three kids were bound, but they were actually playing a game who can get out fastest or whatever the case may be. And it's a picture. It's kind of dumb. We're so cruel. It's yeah. And so she's like, no, I swear it's my Johnny. But I think even further investigation even mentioned that it had been photoshopped in some form or way. It's I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know how to feel about it because I was just uh, like I said, you're like for her sake, you hope that he's in a better place. Right. But how do you live with that as well? Exactly. So anyways, uh, you, you were right. <laughs> I told you I should have went first. <laughs> you win. <laughs> so with that being said, though, and not that this makes uh, any sense or makes any sort of um, not that this is by any means a comparison, which I'm sure because us girls usually all in all need to always be aware of our surroundings. We always need to be careful, careful all times, always be on guard. Absolutely. So um, when I was about five years old, I used to, I was going to school, kindergarten. Um, my mom dropped me off. And back in those days, you know, you would be, be able to take your attendance slip to the office. And it was a privilege. You got to get out of class. You know what I mean? You get to go to the office. You get to hand in right. that little card. So with that, um, I was all excited, getting ready to do that. And as I'm crossing over from one building to the next, the way the school set up is that there's the two buildings are are sitting, but it's up against a more busy road, which is now, um, which is just a busy road. So as I'm passing down these buildings, I see this old man and he's like, hey, little girl. And I'm like, hi, no biggie. You know, I'm taking my little attendance card to the office. And he's like, come here. And I'm like, no, I got to take this to the attendant's office. And so I over there, give the attendants kind of wait there for a little bit in hopes that he leaves. I come out and he's not gone. And it's funny because I can still remember him. He had a plaid shirt. He was an older gentleman, um, probably, God, I don't want to say late 60s, 70s, um, plaid shirt, cowboy hat. And um, as I'm coming back, he's like, come here, come here. I have a puppy. Oh, my God. And, and I'm like, no, no, thanks. And I run to my classroom didn't say a word till I got home and I'm telling my and I tell my mom this my dad gets up gets in his car drives straight to the school and just starts raising holy hell and he's like if anything happens to my daughter I'm holding you personally responsible you have employees for attendance cards why are you sending children so by the next week there was now a fence that was locked from the main street so people weren't it wasn't as easily just to snatch somebody and take off on a main road that was your fault right (laughs) right that's my fault no (laughs) no that's good that's good so i just one of those things where it's like it just seemed like late 70s early 80s even late 80s it just seemed like things happen you just i told you about what happened to me and happy when we were Remind me this. So uh, I want to say like Happy was in fifth grade and she was in violin and it was a weekend or something and they had like some special class and my mom made me walk with her to the school. So we're walking back and we lived right off of uh, Indian school in 19th Avenue, but our school was like on 15th Avenue in Osborne. So we're, we're coming home and we're like on Indian school 
between 15th Avenue and 19th Avenue. And there was a church right there on the, you know, on the main road. We're approaching the church and this guy pulls up in this red Thunderbird. Old school Thunderbird. Old school LTD kind of? Yeah. Okay. And he pulls up, turns around in the parking lot of the church and kind of blocks us from um, going forward and asks us, I still remember, he asks us if we could point out Dunlap on a map because he's lost. Happy starts walking up to the car and I was like, kind of like put my hand and like, I was like, no, we don't know. And he's like, well, just show me on this map right here. And I said, we don't know where it is. So he he leaves. Okay. We thought it was going to be a smart idea to walk towards the alley. So like right behind the church, there's like one of those open alleys where people put their trash cans or whatever. And we were going to walk towards the alley. And when we get to the alley, we see at the end of the alley, he's parked. God. So we walk back around the church and we get back on Indian school. Were you guys like totally freaking out at this point in time? Yeah. Or, okay. How and old were you? I had to be like probably 12. Okay. I'm going to say 12. Okay. And she's 11. 10 or 11. Okay. I can't remember. What's fifth grade? About 10 or 11, I think. Yeah. Anyways, we start walking and we're like, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's literally at the end of this block at the stop sign just waiting for us. Wow. That's it's insane. obvious to us, even as young as we were, yeah. that he was stranger danger. You remember yeah. stranger? He was stranger danger. So at the end of this block, I remember that there was one of those houses that was a block watch house. They used to have those... Um, Things that they put in their yeah. window. And I was like, there's a block watch house at the end of the... But walk up to the house and act like... Just act like it's our house. Okay. Act like normal. So we do. We walk up and we knock on the door. And he's like literally still stalled there at the stoplight. And the guy that answers the door, he's breathless. Uh, apparently we uh, interrupted <laughs> him and his wife. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he even open the door? <laughs> Thank God he did though. Yeah. So he's like, we tell him, we're like, we think this man is trying to kidnap us. And he's like, hold on, wait here. He like kind of runs down the hallway, like keep it. The door's open. He's like, stay right here. And he's watching us and he grabs a phone and he brings the phone to us. And he's like, do you know your phone number? And um, so I called my mom and we're literally a block away from our house because we were on 18th Thrive at the time. There was a Dairy Queen right there. And this guy had driven away when he seen that this guy had opened the door. Yeah. And then he walked us halfway and my mom met us halfway. Thank goodness, right? For good people. But just, I still remember he was like, had dirty blonde hair and it was a red Thunderbird. That's all I remember. And he had pulled that map out. But Happy tried to walk up to You're like, girl. No. You know, and it's funny because you're the oldest, right? Yeah. So it's funny because I think you're just always going to have that maternal instinct in regards to stranger danger. Yeah. But but I feel like that was so prevalent in the 80s. Yeah. It was super prevalent. Like, Oh, I agree. I just remember like always watching, like we only had so many channels. We didn't have cable because yeah. we were poor. Mm, same. <laughs> Shoot, everybody had me a TV. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I just remember like on Donahue, yeah, always on Donahue, there was always something about some kid that got kidnapped. And it well, was can just you imagine a, a when John Walsh time. came out though, or that movie Adam came out that, talking about his that kidnapping? Like, totally freaked me out. Same. My mom was always like, You don't talk to strangers, you be aware they're gonna ask you to do this and do that. And then, you know, it's so when even when that happened to me, I'm just like. No, my mom's like, why didn't you tell the teachers? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just didn't. It just didn't occur to me until I got home. <laughs> Crazy. So anyways, this is a mad, 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 mad world. And with it that is. being said, I think that comes to the conclusion, right? Of our, of our evening. We've, uh, we've lasted a little bit more than an hour today. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to anybody that's still listening to us. <laughs> Robert and Sergio. <laughs> I know you're tired. Just listen to the end. I promise yeah. it'll be fine, fine, fine. So Anyways. thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys have any story that you guys want us to um, research and share on air, go ahead and email us at tipsy uh, underscore tales at yahoo.com. Or if, even if you just have a story in regards to something on that happened to you here as well, whether it be attempted kidnapping, not that I want kidnapping, but I'm just saying anything that just weird and odd, just send it. Even if you want to correct the shit that we, <laughs> we got wrong. Don't say that. Alma. We're, we'll be no, correcting we're, all you know, day long. We're not long. insulted. I want Mark. to know if I got it wrong. No, Mark. <laughs> you're not allowed. You're banned. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is us signing off. All right. This is Yvette. This is Alma. And this was Tipsy Tales. Good night. Good night.